0: Here's how this story ends. Everyone is well. We're all healthy. Um, Obviously, we have changed our life habits. This is Omar
1: Martinez, turning 30 in August 2020, an auto body shop worker in Muscatine, Iowa, who lives in the nearby town of West Liberty, population 3,800.
0: So we have been very supportive to each other, uh, at least At least three times a week we sit down talk about our emotions what are we thinking what are we feeling um talk about memories and i think that's really helped us um get through these last two months as a family together
1: omar who serves on west liberty's volunteer fire department credits his father jose gabriel martinez for his family's togetherness, when COVID-19 ripped through the family with vengeance in April, 2020.
0: Growing up, my dad was, he always taught his family was like everything. So having us close and being respectful to each other, helping each other out, that was kind of his way of teaching us what family is about.
1: COVID-19 was working its way through the United States, Iowa included, when Aurelia Martinez became ill going into April. The mother of Omar, Gabriel, Evelyn, and Leslie Martinez, Aurelia was fatigued and lost taste but had no fever. She went into self-isolation and at the beginning of April, tested positive for COVID-19.
0: Just hearing everything on the news, obviously we knew it was a serious situation. But as the days went by, you know, it was, we figured mainly east coast, west coast, you know, we're in rural Iowa, by the time it gets here, it maybe won't be as bad. You know, that's kind of, that was my train of thought.
1: Aurelia, her children, and husband, Jose Gabriel, lived in the same house in West Liberty. The family's main goal was stay out of the hospital. The nearest one was about twenty miles away in Iowa City. Aurelia never had to leave home, but Evelyn, aged twenty two wasn't as lucky. she got covid nineteen also she had to go to Mercy Iowa City Hospital where she was put on a respirator.
0: When my sister got sick it, it was totally a, a different a different view like it really it it caught, it caught me off guard and I really I was stuck for the first few days, but then, you know, I had to I had to get it together for the family. So, you know, I I started doing a lot of research, a lot of reading. You know, I started reaching out to people. You know, um, I had a lot of I have a lot of friends that are nurses and stuff like that. So, you know, I started reaching out to as many people as I could, trying to get a lot of you know suggestions or what can I do, what shouldn't I do. And, you know, from there it just kinda it made me feel a little better. Knowing that, you know, I I can only do so much to a certain point before, you know, I have to you know, give her over to the higher ups.
1: One of every four people in the United States dying of COVID-19 is Latinx. Data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention show. The rate in Iowa is less at 7%, but one of every four Iowans testing positive for COVID-19 is Latinx state data show. What Evelyn Martinez didn't know while she lay unconscious fighting for her life was that her father, Jose Gabriel, became ill with COVID-19 a week after she did.
0: A week later, my dad, I had to take my dad. Um, I took my dad just because he wasn't really bad at home mm-hmm. and I, I didn't want him to get worse at home and then it being too late. Omar kept close track with his father's nurses. Since they knew my sister was already in there and they knew dad was in there after her, they said, you know, your dad isn't as bad as your sister. He's he has a little bit of complications, but it's nothing for us to worry about. I think we can handle it. You know, the one we're more worried about is your sister. Because she had already been in there for a week and she was, you know, on a roller coaster ride. She had good days, she had bad days and she would, have, she would hit like this plateau of just bad days.
1: However, Jose Gabriel started to get worse and needed to be put on a ventilator.
0: I mean, I got to talk to my dad while he was in the hospital through, the, uh, through FaceTime. So, you know, I felt really confident that my dad was going to make it out. When I talked to the doctor, he, the night before everything happened, um, it was, I would say like four in the afternoon, Uh, and he was really happy the way my dad was performing. You know, and and that day, we were just all, it was kind of like a happy moment, because you know, I told my mom, I told the family, hey, dad's doing great. I think he's going to make it through. You know, they were talking about, you know, taking him off the ventilator in the next few days. And then, you know, we had dinner that night. And then right after dinner, I got the phone call. Then the, the doctor called me back, and he said he started having irregular heartbeats. And what he thinks is that, obviously, the virus doesn't just attack your lungs. It attacks every organ in your body. And he thinks that the virus had transferred somehow from his lungs to his heart. And it was attacking his heart. Um, he said, because he said he, he started small. And then he was, he, he called me about every hour. He started small and they called me back the next hour. He said, you know, I think, I think we got him under control. He's going to be, you know, he looks like he's going to be all right. Coming back the next hour, hey, you know, he's, he's starting to act up a little more before. And then from there, it, it just kind of escalated. And. You know that that last phone call, they pretty much said, you know, if if he makes it through the night, it's going to be a miracle. But we don't really see him making it through the night tonight.
1: At the age of 58, Jose Gabriel Martinez died. It was April 21st, 2020.
0: And you know, I kind of sat down and I thought about it, and I was like, how is that even possible? You know how if he was just doing fine and everything was going great everything seemed like like perfect you know like the perfect recovery and you know it was hard for me to process and i, I think even after he passed it took me it took me almost about a month to actually process the whole the whole passing of my dad
1: Evelyn Martinez herself, the mother of a two-year-old girl, still was unconscious on a respirator. She didn't even know her father was sick, let alone dead.
0: I had to talk with the nurses and the doctors not to let her know that I was gonna take charge of telling her, so uh, I had to wait. So after she came off the ventilator, I waited about a a week. So waited about a week, prepare myself mentally and emotionally on how to tell her and you know, I, got, I the doctor helped me out. Uh, he walked in with me, and, and he backed me up, and he was the one that that explained to her how how he passed and, and why he, you know why it happened the way it did. And um, you know, I thank him for that because I don't think I would have been able to do that type of explaining. Um, she she at first she took it. I mean, she was like shocked and she couldn't believe it because the last thing she remembered was seeing dad when we dropped her off at the hospital. And that was like the last image she had of him. So when we told her that he had passed, she was it was harder for her to process, you know, because she had just, she just woken up after being um, intubated for 14 days, and she still thought it was, you know, a couple of days only that she'd been in the hospital. But I think she, Like I said, I think just the family and and being there for her, and and I think helped her feel like it it happened the way it did. Their surviving Martinez's
1: quarantined for a little less than two months, until mid-May. No other family members in the house became sick. Aurelia and Evelyn are back at work now. And people who have heard the Martinez's story through news coverage when it unfolded have contacted Omar asking his advice for handling COVID-19 in their families. He says he's glad to talk with them.
0: The thing that really gets to me is when people say it's a hoax and it's not a hoax. You know, this is real. And a lot of people wait until it's too late. You know, a lot of people wait till it hits home to finally realize like, oh, COVID is real. Like, these people were not lying that it actually exists and you know I really hope everybody takes the precautions and I really hope everybody believes that it's out there and and, it, and and it'll probably be here for a long time and you know it's 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 not easy but you know at that point like I said I think love takes over you and you just You got to do what you got to do for the people you love. And that's what I did.
1: This podcast has been a report from the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, a nonprofit, nonpartisan news organization. Our COVID-19 reporting is supported in part with a grant from the Solutions Journalism Network, a nonprofit organization dedicated to rigorous and compelling reporting about responses to social problems. You can read our reporting on how Iowans are coping with COVID-19 at iowawatch.org. I'm Lyle Muller. Thank you for listening.